You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. All right, everyone, it's time for the next episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. Today, we're joined by Greg Kaplan of Blue Shirts Breakaway from The Athletic to talk about the Eichel situation and the replacement coach for the Rangers. Thanks for joining us, Greg. How are you? Good. Formerly of The Athletic. We are uh, no longer affiliated with oh, our really? friends over there. That's right. Wow. We, we, we're going solo. We're, we're breaking off. Uh, not, had a wonderful time there. We learned a lot of stuff there, but... Um, just made a lot more sense for us to be on our own. So we're happy to be back on our own. And if you don't know, the Blue Shirts Breakaway is number three on Apple Podcasts, correct? In hockey podcasts? We were last week. I think we're back down to number six right now. But yeah, it, it is absolutely wild that two dum-dums who went to Marist College back all the way back in 2011 are somehow top 10 hockey podcasters in the United States of America. That is just, the American dream. That's right. That's right. I don't know. Your, your guess is as good as mine as to how it happened. <laughs> well, you guys do a really nice job and it's a semi pseudo hockey baseball Mets podcast. And that's, that's my style of podcast because I love the Mets. That's right. We are, uh, we we always bill ourselves as the number one Ranger podcast. That's actually a Mets podcast. That's actually a horse racing podcast. That's actually <laughs> like six different things that is not actually a ranger podcast <laughs> we, have, we have fun with it man it, it, it's wild what the show has become and turned into um the fact that we even started this entire interview by me saying that once upon a time the athletic even wanted us to podcast for them that in and of itself is just wild to me <laughs> yeah and i think i think having it be whatever you guys want is the way to go that's basically what we do right kiriakos we just, yeah exactly we just go off we roll it off the tip of our tongue or whatever, and we just come up with something, anything. You don't watch baseball, but like we, we'll we'll touch on it every now and then. Yeah, we will. I'll, I'll he'll kind of throw out his baseball jargon, and I'll just sit here nodding my head. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what seventy percent of the people who listen to our show end up doing when, literally, I compare everything to something that happened as to the New York Mets twelve years ago that. I claim relates to what the Rangers are going through now. Yeah, it's 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 wild. You just I the way I say it is you got to work from your source material. And I grew up a tortured, depressed, misguided Met fan. So everything I have to talk about some way has to connect back to that. Therefore, I I know what's going th- around with the Rangers because I've seen it for years upon years before. Just not with the Rangers, just with a different team that plays in New York. I feel like I'm literally talking to another version of Joey right now. (laughs) (laughs) Greg, I'm sure you made, I'm sure you had like different or uh, you had visions to, you know, back when like Cespedes had the boar incident, when, when like D'Angelo punched uh, or got punched in the face, like something, it kind of rang a bell, right? I mean, you don't even have to go that far, dude. Like three weeks ago, Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil were throwing bows at each other. Like you, we don't, we don't have to go back to Cespedes to be yeah, like, that's yeah. the source material. Mets are fighting right now. And poor <laughs> Kevin Pillar is sitting in front of a camera looking like his face got run over by a truck. And we're, but Hey, that dude, that dude could play hockey any day of the week. Yeah. Kevin Pillar can definitely, definitely play hockey. I'd love to see him put some skates on. Uh, anyways, we'll get, we'll get into the hockey talk now. So Last week on our on our podcast, we were talking about the Eichel situation and how, you know, his locker room breakup day comments were not the greatest for Sabres fans. And um, it kind of seemed like he wanted out, but he didn't request a trade yet, according to the GM. Tell us what your thoughts are on on all that. Well, it's it wasn't a great day for Sabres fans, but I, I do think it's important to put the onus on that day being bad for Sabres fans on management and ownership 
I don't think it's Jack Eichel's fault that the Sabres have mishandled that situation so poorly. And the Sabres even let Jack, Jack Eichel get in front of a microphone to express those thoughts about how poorly it's gone without talking to him before. It is squarely on management and ownership for not handling the situation at all. Forget about better. They're not handling it at all. Um, we on our show talk all the time about how we, we're, we're always slightly disappointed that the NHL isn't more exciting in the offseason, especially when you compare it to a league like the NBA, where nothing happens between the months of June through the uh, end of June through the beginning of October when it comes to actual basketball being played. And yet the NBA owns the headlines daily because of all the drama and all the chaos that ensues in the offseason. So we've been openly complaining about how we wish the NHL was more like that. This is a slice of the NHL being more like that. I, it is a breath of fresh air to hear a player, a star player who's stuck in a crappy situation playing for people that quite frankly don't seem to care about him whatsoever, expresses displeasure. It, it, it's, it's nice to see. And it, it, it's crazy that even with all these thoughts, he hasn't explicitly said, yeah, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's essentially saying, please, God, get me out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's fascinating. I think, it, quite frankly, an offseason that already has intrigue because of the expansion draft, already has intrigue because the NHL is moving to some new networks, and already has intrigue because we just finished this intense season of 56 games in a, essentially a three-month window. There was so much intrigue on the table. I'm so happy to see that something got turned to 11 before we even got – that's just to say that the playoffs literally just started. The regular season technically isn't even over yet, and we're, <laughs> we're still talking about what this offseason might mean for the Buffalo Sabres. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that comes from hockey being a lot more of a kind of respectful sport in terms of like players not really going against their management and kind of like being in their place, quote unquote, because you see a lot of times basketball players like sitting on there like cursing on interviews and stuff like that. So like hockey is a lot different in that regard, but I think you're right. And a situation like this does bring a lot of um, eyes to the game because I saw this tweet earlier this morning. It was like, the NHL and it was like one star and then playoff hockey. And there was like 10 stars after it. And it's, it's true because the NHL doesn't market its game good enough, but I think situations like this definitely bring eyes to the game and, and potential trade talks of Eichel coming to a team like a a New York based team or an LA based team kind of bigger markets is is really good for the game. Yeah. It it goes back to, this isn't something we came up with originally, but um, a friend of our show, uh, Brandon Fitzpatrick goes by Fitz on Twitter. He's, he's the first one to say it all the time where hockey's the best sport and the NHL is the worst league. And I, I, I can't argue the NHL can't get out of its own way. And I, I, I'll push back on saying that um, NHL players themselves are more respectful. I just think it's ingrained in the culture that is hockey, that guys feel like it's wrong for them to express their opinion in a certain way. And it's a shame because if players became more expressive, that would be fun for the fans. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily, it's like people who get upset about bat flips and baseball and that stuff. It's if the players are having more fun, the fans are going to have more fun with them. And, but you know, you, you do have to accept the consequences of fun, which is when someone is not having fun, that player will let you know they're not having fun, which again, makes it fun for the fans. Like, Player movement is what makes the NHL or any sport great. It's, it's the hope that your team can get better. If these players never moved, there'd be nothing really to be excited about if your guys started getting hurt or um, weren't reaching the potential that you thought that they would reach. Player movement is what breathes life into all sports. So the fact that Jack Eichel, one of the five best players in the NHL, is saying, hey, by the way, this shit sucks. I want out. That's great. That is wonderful. Not just for Ranger fans, not just for Kings fans. It sucks for Sabres fans, but um, it is, it is just a fun narrative that I wish the NHL would have more of. And there's no reason that they can't. You're a hundred percent right. And I love that you brought up the fact that Buffalo 
their management is like the lowest of all tiers. Like you can't get any worse than Buffalo, like the Sabres. They are terrible. I've, I've reamed them out so many times on the, on the, this podcast and in our post-game reactions. I, I, I don't know. I just can't, I can't do it again, but like having Eichel out there and then, and then you see like all these people with their mock proposals, like, all right, if the Rangers want Eichel, they're going to have to give us every single one of their top prospects. So that means like Lafreniere and Kako and their next seven first round picks. And I just, I'm just laughing at them, honestly, because it's so stupid. The guy's injured. He's going to have, he's got to have neck surgery. That's never been done on an NHL player before, apparently. And we don't know, we don't know what kind of production he's going to have after that kind of surgery. Yeah, you hope that he's the same player as he as he's been in the past couple of years, and that he's that that star second overall player, top five player in the league. But again, the surgery's never been done before, and he also carries a ten million dollar cap hit. And we don't know what the salary cap is going to be like next year. It stayed stagnant this year because of the pa- pandemic, and it was supposed to go up to like eighty four million um, to this year. But because of the pandemic, like I said. It's not the, it stayed at 81 and a half million, which puts a lot of the competitive teams at, um, in a separate spot. And that's how you saw teams like Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't know how they were able to do this. Yeah. I don't know how they were able to do this, but they managed to get David Savard at 75% retained salary by trading, trading for him from Columbus, having him send to who was it? San Jose, Detroit to have them retain 25% and they're basically paying like pennies. I don't understand how they're able to do that. But again, the Eichel trade would be great for the Rangers. I don't know what they'd have to give up. So, well, I get about the Eichel trade. It's two different conversations really, right? There's the first conversation is what should it take to get Jack Eichel in a trade? And the answer to that is a lot. We had John Scott on our podcast last night. He said he would trade Alexi Lafreniere straight up for Eichel and not think twice about it. Uh, I disagree. But should should the Buffalo Sabres be asking for Lafreniere, Kako, Niels Lundqvist, Keandre Miller, every first-round draft pick the New York Rangers own in perpetuity? They absolutely should. That We're talking about a top-five player in the NHL who, even at $10 million a year, is reasonably priced considering his skill level and doesn't get to control where he goes via trade because he doesn't yet have a no movement clause. The Sabres absolutely should ask for the moon because if, if any team finds out that they are not asking for the moon, their initial offer to the Sabres is even lower than that too. Now, the actual conversation that we'll end up having throughout this offseason is what will it realistically take to get Jack Eichel from the Buffalo Sabres. And for that, you have to take into consideration everything that makes the Buffalo Sabres. We have no reason to trust that their management is a good evaluator of talent. We have no reason to trust that Jack Eichel won't throw down the gauntlet and say, I'm only going to play for these X teams and you can trade me wherever they want. They won't have me skate for them. You, you have to take into consideration the fact that he's injured so the, his already you're you're having to take cents off the dollar there. You're not getting Jack Eichel at 100%. You have to take all these things into consideration, and it'll boil down to I personally, and it's not just me, think of the last time a star player in any sport was traded. And every time we come away thinking that the, the star player was traded for too little. Mm. And I, there's no reason to think, again, the team involved, the management involved, the player involved, and the fact that there's an injury is going to equal to the optimum return package for the Buffalo Sabres. So this is the organization. I understand it was a different front office that traded Ryan O'Reilly for a bag of peanuts. This is the same front, this is the same front office that uh, traded for Eric Stahl and then couldn't get anything back for him in return. Same thing goes for Taylor Hall, whether you believe the Taylor Hall controlled his own destination narrative and the Sabres just got what they could have got. They could have also told Taylor Hall to eat it and he could have stayed in Buffalo if the Bruins didn't want to give them more. We have no reason to believe that the Buffalo Sabres have the capability of getting a reasonable package in return for Jack Eichel. It's that simple. I, it's, I'm not saying the Rangers are going to be able to get him for free, 
but I'm saying it's more likely the Rangers will get him for free than the Rangers will have to trade Kako and Lafreniere together. Wow. Okay. I love, I like to hear that. I like where you're going with this. So let's pretend you're Chris Drury, right? And you have to trade for Eichel. You call Kevin Adams. What's your trade proposal? Uh, I mean, for me, it, it's, it's Niels Lundqvist. It's Vitaly Kravtsov. It's the 2021 first round pick. And if I have to include 2022 or 2023, I'm doing that as well. And I don't think twice about it. Um, would I rather trade Braden Schneider as opposed to Niels Lundqvist? Absolutely. Would I rather trade uh, a different forward prospect that isn't Vitaly Kravtsov? Absolutely. Um, would I rather put Ryan Strom in there to try and equal off different as- assets as well? Absolutely. But if, if I had to offer up a trade package that I feel like is heavy on futures, which is what the Buffalo Sabres would have to be targeting if they're trading Jack Eichel, you are starting – you're starting over. You, 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 Ryan Strom has very little value to the Buffalo Sabres because you don't trade Jack Eichel and then turn around and say, we still plan on being competitive in 2022. That, that's just not, that's not how it's supposed to go. So if it, has, if it has to be a futures-heavy package, Lundquist for sure, Kravtsov for sure, at least one first-round draft pick for sure, and I hope that gets it done. See, I, I've talked about this so many times. Like, I don't care. Like, we can throw them all the futures we want. They're never going to amount to anything in Buffalo. Like, even if they're, like, the, the, the greatest prospect alive, like, the second they step foot in Buffalo, they're going to be nothing. And that's why I'm not really afraid to give them these prospects that could have panned out in New York, but, like, will never, ever pan out in Buffalo. Well, it, it's not just that. And this, on, on our show, I'm, a, I'm vocally – one of the biggest supporters of anybody ever signing an offer sheet off just sign a damn offer sheet because here's the thing with those the highest tier offer sheet that it would have taken to sign let's say Matt Barzal would have cost the Rangers four first round draft picks aka the equivalent of Niels Lundqvist Vitaly Kravtsov and two future firsts you are hoping you're hoping that those first round draft picks, the reason why people don't want to include draft picks and trades or do offer sheets is like, well, four first round draft picks is a lot to give up. You are praying to God that one of those first round draft picks comes within 70% of what Matt Barzal is as a skater right now. The odds of those four draft picks being equal to the value of Matt Barzal, incredibly low. Not, even, not, all, not, all, not to mention the fact that you're signing Matt Barzal you're hoping that makes you a playoff team. So those first round draft picks are 20, 20th overall or later. You're, it's, it, it's, it's just mind numbing to me that people don't understand the whole point of a first, the whole point of owning one, two, three first round draft picks is to get one star player. So if you can trade as many of those as you want to get your one star player, that's good business. You're doing well. I promise you it won't hurt you. Hmm. I like that. I like that explanation on the RFAs. So remind me, I, I'm not sure about this. Is Elias Pettersson an RFA? Oh, he sure. He sure is. But it, I promise you that no one's going to try to sign him. Yeah, because no. it's, it's the National Hockey League and we don't believe in offer sheets in this league for reasons. I Not only should Pettersson receive an offer sheet, but you also look at the fact that the Vancouver Canucks are another organization that is just beyond poorly run i I understand you guys like dunking on the sabers by all means keep doing it they have completely earned that um that level of respect but the the canucks are right there with them they that is an organization that loves giving contracts to guys like antoine roussel jay beagle they just don't know how to invest their money they're willing to spend they just don't know how to spend it so, yes, a team should absolutely show up to Pedersen's door and be like, here is the bag. Good, enjoy it. You are about to be in the prime of your career. We think there's nowhere to go but up for you. And yet it won't happen. It's just not going to happen. It breaks my heart. Were you on board with the Sorelli offer oh, sheet? Oh, absolutely. Not just Sorelli. A smart team goes to both Sorelli and Sergeyev, gives them identical contracts, and says both of you accept these because they can't match both and we're guaranteed to get one of you the (laughs) fact that no gm it's just embarrassing how people let the lightning do what they do and i i am the 
founder of the Tampa Bay Lightning are cheating bandwagon. That baby is Greg Kaplan certified. But at the same time, while I say all that, shame on the NH, shame on the other 30 teams in this league that allowed the Tampa Bay Lightning to do this because they didn't have to. This isn't Braden Point. Teams went to Braden Point, Rangers included, and tried to sign him as a restricted free agent. And Point said, nah, I'm good. I want to stay in Tampa Bay. We, Sorelli and Sergachev weren't those guys. They would have taken more money if more money was presented to them. But because it's a pandemic and no one wants to spend money and no one wants to offer sheet anybody because they're worried about their players eventually getting offer sheeted as well, nobody made the move. And the Lightning got to keep two extremely talented players for peanuts because nobody had the balls to do something about it. And it's a, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Kyriakos, we're gonna have to talk about RFA's a little bit more on here. I mean, I mean, I think I think you're you're right in a sense, but I think it also depends on like what the team's direction is. Like, there's a like giving up four first round picks. I think you're you're like you're brushing it aside a little too quickly. Like we were talking to D'Angelo, um, like a, a long time ago, and he was telling us how in juniors, his team kind of threw the kitchen sink at at like for for a big playoff run one year, and they traded literally like their next like six years uh, of draft picks and. And like they were, they were just abominable the next like ten years, and they, they couldn't do anything. And and I think that does kind of speak to levels of like getting in players in the pipeline, kind of refreshing your your group every year. Um, I think I think draft picks are invaluable, but I, I do agree with you in some sense. Like it depends on like where the team's going, but I think that giving up four first round picks, like look at what we did with our first round picks like in the last like seven, eight years, like we've, we built this team. So I don't know. I think it could go either way, but I definitely agree and definitely disagree to some, some points. Well, here, my counter to that is these are, we're talking future picks that are currently, these are made up players. Essentially the last yeah. off season, the Rangers had the number one overall pick, which became Alexi Lafreniere. They already had Kako. They already had Lundqvist. They already had Keandre. They already had Kravtsov. They already had Lindgren. They already had Truba. They already had Zibanejad. They already had Buchnevich. They already had Kreider. I can go down the list. We're, yeah. we're talking about a completely unique situation where a team, the youngest team in the NHL, already has its core in place, has the number one overall pick coming, has the number two overall pick from last year, and has more prospects than they literally know what to do with. So much so that we all get upset when David Quinn doesn't put one of them on the top power play unit or in the top six or wherever you have it. it. We're not, this isn't, not every team should be flippant with four future first round picks, but if any team could sacrifice future first round picks, and I should say that Sorelli and Sergachev, this isn't a four first round pick situation. The Rangers would have been able to sign them the eight, the $8 million range for either of those guys. You're giving up first, second, third. It's not the four futures is 10 million plus right. the bar, the bars alls, the, the highest of the highs, right? You, I, I, I'm not saying that first round picks aren't important. I'm saying the New York Rangers are the one organization that could look at the next four draft classes and say, you know what, fam, we got a lot of young talent here. Now, what we need is that piece to put us over the top. And we're talking about Jack Eichel trades where the Rangers are going to have to give up the equivalent of four future first round draft picks for Jack Eichel. And you could have just done it last off season with Barzal when those first round picks don't have names. And you put, you put the onus on the, the Islanders to properly identify the talent to use those picks correctly. Yeah. You're, you, you, may, you are betting that Lou Lamorello ain't going to go four for four, which to me, safe bet. I, right. As good as I think many people hold Lou Lamorello in high regards, I'm yet to see that man go four for four in drafts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, honestly. I think that's why I said it was very situational. I think the Rangers are definitely – in position to do something like right. that like should, um, should the calgary flames give up four future firsts to sign elias <laughs> Pettersson? no i i don't right. i don't think so it's very organizationally dependent right but right. a team like the new york rangers uniquely built with unique circumstances and a unique group of players it's to a level of irresponsible that they're not more aggressive on the offer sheet front mm-hmm. it goes back to your point kiriakos about it doesn't matter how many prospects or picks we send to the Sabres are all going to suck anyways because their scouting department sucks because their management sucks player personnel sucks so just give them next 10 first round picks why not 
and then uh, we'll have him for the next 10 years. And uh, we'll get uh, how, many, how many Stanley Cups? Maybe like five. <laughs> That's wishful thinking. But We're jumping the gun here. <laughs> yeah. So you brought up David Quinn and, you know, fans getting mad about him not putting like Kako or Lafreniere or Kravtsov on the top lines. Now that he's gone, who do you think should replace him? Oh, I, I said this today to um, our Patreon subscribers and, and on Twitter. This, I, I, in all my years of following New York sports, uh, the Mets, the Yankees, the Knicks, the Rangers, the Islanders, you, you name, Net, uh, Jets, Giants, this has to be the most boring head coaching search I have ever experienced as a New York sport fan. I, I just, I honestly, I don't know which one of these names I'm supposed to be overly excited about. I know which one, I know which of these names strike the fear of God into me as to what I think the future of the New York Rangers holds. Like if, if they, if they hire Mike Babcock, I promise you both right now, I'm just walking in the trap. Like you just will never see me again. I am. I am finding the biggest four four by uh, tractor trailer I could find. And I'm just putting my arms out and saying, take me now, Jesus, I am done. Um, At the same time, like John Tortorella will be horrendous as well, but at least it would be entertaining. I'd be able to get a lot of good content out of it. That dude presents us with an opportunity to make the podcast really fun. Um, But I, 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 I use this analogy, right? I mean, you guys let me know if you think I'm crazy for saying this. Guys like Gerard Gallant and Rick Tockett, when you hire a guy like that, it feels like if a professor came up to you in class and said, I will either guarantee you a B, just a B. You'll never get higher than a B in this class. You'll never get lower than a B in this class, just a B. But you'll never have the opportunity to get an A. Or you can have the opportunity to get an A, but there's an equal opportunity of straight up failing. Do you take the B or do you try to get the A? I try to get the A, baby. Tockett and Gallant to me are just locking in Bs. I just, I, I can't, I can't for the life of me think of either of these two dudes ever. I, look, if they turn out great, egg on my face, happy to eat the crow. The New York Rangers win the Stanley Cup, and it's Gerard Gallant's name on there. You ain't going to hear me complain. That, that's good business. I, I just – neither of those guys necessarily gas me up in terms of thinking the New York Rangers are headed in the more correct direction. Now, I, can't, I also can't sit here and tell you who I think A candidates are. I obviously am a big Rod Brindamore guy. I think everyone should be a big Rod Brindamore guy. I don't think he's leaving Carolina. He shouldn't leave Carolina. They should give him as much money as he wants. Um, if he doesn't become available, I can't sit here and tell you guys who I think should be the New York Rangers head coach. Uh, the NHL has maybe the shallowest pool of prospects when it comes to coaching candidates. All of them, it, it, when with the Rangers firing David Quinn, they made it very clear that their next managerial hire is going to be a guy with pedigree. It's going to be a guy that's done it before, that's been there, that has experience. And if, and if you're limiting yourself to that pool of candidates – I don't know who I'm necessarily supposed to be excited about that isn't already a head coach in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up – yeah, exactly. I, I kind of feel the same way, and I think that's why the Rangers aren't really rushing with their decision here because I think they'll, they'll kind of take time, obviously interview all the candidates available and see if anyone else maybe becomes available, um, which I don't necessarily think is going to happen. Like you said, I think Rob Rindamore is going to stay in Carolina. I don't see a reason why he shouldn't. Um, and why they wouldn't pay him the money that he deserves um, because he's done an amazing job there. And Joey um, sings his praises all the time. So, um, but you also have teams like Seattle looking for a head coach. You have teams like Arizona looking for a head coach. You have teams like Columbus looking for a head coach. So even though you want to take your time and kind of see if anyone else becomes available, see who can give you the best odds. There's also other teams looking as well. And my, catch you before before you pull the trigger well I'll, I'll i'll turn that on its head for you here do you really think any of those jobs are more appealing than the new york rangers job yeah no no yeah, yeah I the, agree. The, but the only the only one really is seattle because it's the great unknown the head coach gets to come in be the first head coach in franchise history and gets to start from scratch which is an enticing offer for a lot of people but at the same time you look at the rangers roster 
you look at the fact that James Dolan and Chris Jury made these moves to fire their coaching staff because they expect greatness. You, you look at the amount of cap space the Rangers have moving forward. You look at their prospect pool. There isn't a job in the NHL that is currently available more appealing than the New York Rangers job. If someone wants to cut the line and go to Columbus, I think you let them like, I don't, is Bruce Boudreaux, if Bruce Boudreaux gets offered the Columbus job or the New York Ranger job, you're going to tell me that man's going to take the Columbus job because he's afraid of James Dolan. Like I, I just, the Rangers, the Rangers have the catbird seat. It is the number one job in the NHL right now that's available. I, the Rangers, the Sabres are going to be the first team to fill their coaching vacancy because it's going to be Don Granado because the Sabres are the Sabres and they're going to do something dumb and they're not going to ask, they're not going to interview. They're not going to try to make themselves better. They're going to be like, well, you know, we weren't that big of a dumpster fire anymore under Granado. So we're just going to keep them. Um, <laughs> it, it, the Rangers don't have to worry about getting beat out for any of these candidates. They are going to get to decide who they want, when they want, and everyone else is going to line up after them. So I, I, I don't think it's, it's not going to be a quick process for the Rangers. I'd be stunned if this process ends before the playoffs end. I, I, I think we're, I think we got to buckle up and get ready for, like I said, the world's most boring coach search. It's just going to take forever. <laughs> what about, uh, let me, let me say this sarcastically because I don't think they should do this, but if you bring up the name Elaine Vino right now, I'm signing off. I'm not <laughs> I didn't think that I thought you were actually going to guess what I was going to say, but what about Mark Messier? <laughs> I just, that guy's amazing. That guy's great. He, he is literally trying to get paid post playing career for just being Mark Messier. I don't have anything that suggests that dude would know what the hell to do when it comes to coaching in the NHL. Uh, it, but you know what? Shout out to Mark, man. That guy is just, he's, He's trying to live his best life, and I support him 110%, but it's not going to be as coach of the New York Rangers. And I just hope he finds that out before uh, he gets his heart broken. <laughs> wow. All right, yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. I really like that. Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if the New York Rangers brought me in because I go on the podcast, again, a top, a top 10 podcast in the United <laughs> States. If I go on a podcast and say I'd make a great coach for the New York Rangers, the Rangers bring me in for an interview, I'm not going to say fucking no. I'll talk to them. I'll, I'll listen to what Drury and Saylor have to say, and I'll tell them what I think you should do with power play one, power play two, line assignments, all that shit, playing hard on the boards. I can bullshit my way through an interview. I should not be the head coach of the New York Rangers either. I'm Mark Messier is a little bit more qualified than I am, but is he, is the other question? I don't know. It makes you think. That's, that's literally what we, what we had, what stat boy Steven was basically insinuating when we had him on a couple weeks ago. Like you got, you got like Dwight from the office as a comparison assistant to the regional manager. Like that's basically what he is right now. Uh, uh, Messier. But, yeah, like, yeah. Do, do I think Mike Piazza should be coach of the New York Mets? No. But Piazza, <laughs> Piazza is responsible for, like, 30% of my happy childhood memories. I love him dearly. That dude provided a lot of good, good moments for me as a kid. Don't think he should be coaching the Mets. I, I, I feel the same way about Mark Messier. Wow. I, all right. Yeah, that's a good way. That is a good way of putting it. I never thought about Piazza as manager of the Mets. but you know, well, Why I, would you? That's the thing. Why would you? There's, there's no reason to. No, I don't want to. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> uh, uh, let's move on to another question that I had. So, are you worried that the Rangers are going to turn into the Knicks now? There's, there's like kind of a lot of people I talk to. They're like, oh my god, Dolan's an idiot for firing Gordon and Davidson when he did. Uh, there's just going to be now he's going to turn them into the Knicks now for like the past eight years. Like, do you think that's going to happen? Are you worried at all? Listen, the Knicks as currently constructed would be a great thing for the Rangers to be. The fourth best team in the East, Julius Randle, MVP level contender. Like, it, being the Knicks right now sounds pretty good, but also, no. I, I, I'm not overly worried about James Dolan um, turning the Rangers into the Knicks, mostly because besides this last three-week period, we really have no complaints about James Dolan as a hockey owner before this. He's, 
He's a rich guy who cuts the check and for the most part lets his hockey people run his hockey team. A lot of credit goes to Glenn Sather for that because Glenn Sather, for better or for worse, um, he's there are very few people in James Dolan's life who have been able to tell James Dolan to shut up and let me deal with it. And Sather, for whatever reason, is one of those guys. And Sather recently, again, up until his three-week period, has been totally fine letting the Rangers be the Rangers. Now, what happened this season that changed everybody's mind? I don't know. Did James Dolan remember he had a hockey team? I don't know. The Rangers were dramatic as all hell this year. Maybe James Dolan just got annoyed that the PR department was asking too many questions for James Dolan to answer between whatever happened with Tony D'Angelo between Artemi Panarin having to go a wall in the middle of the season, you name it shit happened. And maybe Dolan was just like, you know what? I like things better when nobody was asking me a single question about the New York Rangers. And the only way I'm going to get back to that is if I clean house and let Glenn say they're trying clean this mess up again. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried. The other thing that the Rangers have that the Knicks never had again is young talent like Fox, Lafreniere, Kako. The, the Knicks, as good as they're playing right now, as much as people like R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly, they, don't, they didn't get John Morant. They didn't get Zion Williamson. They didn't get Steph Curry. They didn't get these star players that the Rangers do have. So the floor for the Rangers is not as low as the Knicks unless the Rangers blow it all up, and we have no reason to believe they're going to do that. Yeah, I don't I – don't... I'm not worried. I think Drury is going to be going to do great in his role, president and GM. They've groomed him from like the ground up. Uh, he was what director of player personnel, I believe when he first came back uh, to the organization and then he worked his way up eventually becoming assistant GM of Hartford. And now the big time, the little league world series winner in what was it? 1989, maybe 1989, Trumbull, Connecticut's own Chris Drury. He's now the president and general manager of the New York Rangers. So he's worked his way up there and he's, he's earned it in my eyes. And I think he's going to do a good job. So in my eyes, I don't think, I don't think there's anything to worry about with, with, uh, Initially, Rangers. initially, once once the firings happened, I literally wanted to just curl up in a ball and just like burn all my Rangers merch because of because of what happened. But like, oh, like just kind of understanding a little bit of the reasoning and knowing that um, their role is being filled by someone extremely qualified um, kind of helped it out a little bit. And I think going forward, they're not obviously not gonna blow up the rebuild that has happened because of Gordon and Davidson. Um, they definitely might make a couple moves this off season because of the, the kind of new direction they want to go in a little bit of a new direction. They want to go in, kind of signing those, those bottom six guys, which I was always, um, uh, uh, I always wanted, but I wanted it to be a little bit later in our, in our team's development. I was thinking once we are that, that Stanley cup contending team, then we can go out and sign those, those kind of role players. Um, but I guess they want it to be a little bit sooner than that. And they think we can compete now, which is something that I can't see, but maybe they do. Um, so I, I have, I have full faith in, in, uh, jury going forward. Well, I will, I will say that there is a, the Rangers are acquiring a star this off season. What, what level that star is, is yet to be seen, but the New York Rangers are going to acquire a player that they want to play in their top six forward group or at or a top four defenseman or both the new york rangers are not going to have a quiet offseason they've made that perfectly clear um i i would say i would be stunned if the new york rangers had a first round selection in this year's draft i'd be stunned if one of kravtsov lundquist and schneider wasn't traded i'd be stunned if the rangers didn't have an opening night second line center not named Ryan Strom I would a lot of things would stun me if the Rangers had a boring offseason James Dolan made it perfectly clear he expects the New York Rangers to make the playoffs and if the New York Rangers are going to make the playoffs they're going to have to make a big move Chris Drury knows this Glenn Sather knows this I think the Rangers locker room knows this so that there are going to be significant changes this offseason the question is how significant and who's the guy coming in that I don't have 
a guaranteed answer for. To me, sitting here talking to you guys, it seems like it's Eichel just because he's the biggest fish and the Rangers have the most bait in order to get that fish. It doesn't mean that it will, but I promise you come opening night, there will be a new forward making his Ranger debut in that top six. And the Rangers are going to say that they are a playoff team. And it's going to be largely because of that acquisition. I just wish I knew who it was. Were you hinting that Strom's going to get traded by saying that you don't see him on the top six opening night? I think one of Strom or Heedle gets traded. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would say that's a near guarantee. And I would say that Strom you is a little bit easier to trade right now because he had another good season. He's already under contract and it's at a reasonable price. And if you're going to, if you're going to include him in a trade for a star, that other team can try to tell their fans, like, not only did we get all these fancy young pieces, but we have a guy that can still help us win right now. So I, I think Strom has a little bit more of that lying to your fan base quality that Philip Heedle doesn't really have. So that's your ice cold take for the week then, huh? <laughs> Looks like it. <laughs> I would, I would, the Rangers are going to acquire a star this offseason. That's my ice cold take. <laughs> Love it. Great. Great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I hope, I, I hope you're right, man. Like I, I want to see these big moves. I want to see this, this drama. I want Eichel on the, on the Rangers. I, I, I'm talking to Kiriakos, like imagine Eichel and Panarin on the same line. That'd be awesome. I mean, Stroman Panarin is great. They work great together, but you have literally two of the top 10 players in the league on the same line together. How cool is that? And well, we get it, to see that. It's not, not just that it, it, we talked about this on our show last night. It's, Think about how miserable you would be as an opposing team where on the top <laughs> line, on the top line, you have to deal with Mika Zibanejad and one of Alexi Lafreniere and Pavel Buchnevich, right? That's your top line. That's a pain in the ass. And then on your second line, you're telling me that Jack Eichel and Artemi Panarin are going to play together on the line after that. And you, one of those lines will have to be defended by someone that isn't your top pairing. That's miserable. And then you take into account that on your third line, you could potentially have a children's line that has one of Kako and Kravtsov and possibly Phil Heedle still. All right. They're going to eat up third-pairing defensemen all season long. It's, it's a matchup misery if in your top six you have four of Artemi Panarin, Jack Eichel, Mika Zibanejad, Alexi Lafreniere, Pavel Buchnevich, and Kapo Kako. That's misery for other teams. How are they supposed to defend? What the hell are they supposed to do? Yeah, uh, that is now I'm just super ultra mega excited. Uh, I really, really hope they get this done now. Like I'm just I'm like the what's that meme with the guy but rubbing his hands together. That's what that's me right now. <laughs> I, I certainly hope they decide the big fish is Eichel and not Matthew Kachuk or God forbid Gabriel Landeskog because he's a free agent in the offseason. No offense to Landeskog. He's a good player, but I just don't think he's. No, As, I, I don't think he, I don't think the Rangers would consider him the big fish either. Kachuk would be interesting, but I mean, it's not as interesting as Jack Eichel. It's, it's just that simple. <laughs> it's just, you know, the thing with Kachuk is like, you know, I like him. He's a great player. His father, uh, Larry Brooks always seemed to have a hard on for him and you could hang a coat over it. And now he's got the same thing with, with, Matthew Kachuk, he's like, oh, yeah, the Rangers are going to go for a north-south player, just like he did with Josh, as he said, with Josh Anderson. Like, this, the, I, don't, I don't know. I choose, I choose to pick, I pick and choose what I believe when I read his, his stuff. But, like, you know, I would be more excited, obviously, for Eichel than for Kachuk. It would certainly be interesting. I agree with what you're saying, though. Yeah, I, 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 Matthew Kachuk's a great player. I, I think people forget just how young he still is. I think he's only 23 still. Um, but, and, and if the listen, if the Rangers want to get a more physical style player, I'd much rather them go for guys like Matthew Kachuk, who are also exceptionally talented offensive forwards, as opposed to trying to trade for a Ryan Reeves, who is going to play seven minutes a night. And as John Scott puts it, just be the nuclear weapon that the Rangers keep on their bench that tries to scare other people from picking fights like if the rangers want to get quote-unquote tough you would want them to get tough by also trading for great players matthew kachuk is that that's fine i i i I accept that they wouldn't be adding him just for his toughness they'd also be adding him because he is a wonderfully talented hockey player 
uh, if, if the Rangers are going to target those kind of guys, that is job well done. I'm very happy. And I, I trust Chris Drury. If that is the kind of player he is going for. Um, yeah. I just, I just don't want the Rangers to get tough by just having plebs on the fourth line. Like that doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't make the Rangers a better team. That that's, that's just making noise for the sake of making noise. It's not actually improving. Kachuk would be improving. I, I'm not going to sit here and say it wouldn't. Yeah, I agree. I just think in terms of like wingers, there's just way too much depth and uh, yes. on our existing team that right. I just don't see if it'll fit. Yeah, that that's the other thing. It, it, as much as we all like Kachuk, how much of an upgrade is Kachuk from Pavel Buchnevich? Whereas how much of an upgrade is Jack Eichel from Ryan Strome? It's a very wider range that you're going for there. And also we're, we're talking about Kachuk. While the Flames are going to make moves this offseason, I promise you of that, I don't know if they're going to trade Kachuk. It's very possible they trade some guys a little bit further down the pecking order, and it's very possible they trade Johnny Goudreau. And I don't think the Rangers are going to be in the Johnny Goudreau business this offseason. Uh, they just, again, they just have too many wingers. If you're going to improve your top six, I don't see a way the Rangers aren't targeting a center. I really don't. Johnny Goudreau would be great, right, Kiriakis? <laughs> I love him. I have his jersey right behind me. But yeah, I don't, I don't, as you said, I don't see him fitting um, with this squad going forward. But to wrap it up, I want to know what your thoughts are on this, this, this year's playoffs. Oh, um, so far so good, right? I mm-hmm. oh, keep, yeah. keep, keep giving me overtime hockey. I'm in, I'm in <laughs> for it. Uh, Panthers lightning is turning. I know it's only been one game, but that one game was so damn good and so much better than I ever expected it to be. Yeah. I can't believe I'm sitting here telling you guys I'm excited to watch at least three more Florida Panther games <laughs> for the end of the season. Um, <laughs> my, my main takeaway, though, is, man, it's going to be hard to beat the Colorado Avalanche. I, I, really, I really think they're the team of destiny this year. They're just, they're just so stinking good. Like what, they're another team where it's just like, what are you supposed to take advantage of here? They have no holes. And if Grubauer is going to keep playing this well, forget about it. We're, we're done. I, I, I do think it's the Avalanche Cup to lose right now. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I, th- there's a couple teams that I'd love to see win. I'd love to see Vegas win. Colorado's one of them. And I'd love to see who was the other team. Oh, the Maple Leafs. Because, you know, the memes of the, the – what is it going to be? Oh, no. I'm not giving them nothing. No way. Yeah, I think I think it'd be hilarious if the Maple Leafs lost to the Canadians in the first round. Like that would oh my God. that would that would tickle that would tickle me so hard that I would just be I would I I won't need to watch anything else. I'd be, I I literally need Toronto and Edmonton to get swept in the first round because they they have such big heads this season for no reason. Like you guys are playing the only like only Canadian teams, and now you like you think you're good just because you're you're one and two in your division, like. Next year, you're not going to be anywhere near that. And I think this season has definitely given them some false hope of where they could be. So I really just want them to get a reality check and, and get swept. <laughs> I just, I, the me, the Leafs are such a meme that I just, I don't want it to end. I'm having too much fun. I just want it to hang around forever. <laughs> That's also fair. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, it's like every, every little thing that Darren Drager or Bob McKenzie reports, what does this mean for the Leafs? Well, that, that's, that's the running joke, right? Every, yep. It's, I don't know. I, I, I can't compare it to any other sport. It, it, it's kind of like how in the NFL, it, it does feel like everything somehow connects back to what the Dallas Cowboys are going to do, right? Oh, like every, my God. Yeah. Every, every conversation, it's like, well, Aaron Rodgers wants out. Would you trade Dak Prescott for Aaron Rodgers? And just like everything goes back to whatever it is is going on in Cowboy land. And, but it's, it's like, I don't know. It, it just feels like the Leafs are – it's worse somehow. I don't know how, but it, it's just, it's so annoying. I, I, I just don't care. I don't know why anyone does. They're bad. It's like, imagine if the Knicks were talked about that much. Like, I feel like the Knicks are talked about an appropriate amount. We, we, we don't go overboard with it. We here in New York, maybe we talk about it a little bit more because it's like, uh, you know, every winter it's seasonal mental disorder whatever yeah (laughs) seasonal depression it's just like oh yeah the knicks are back and it's winter so we have to be depressed again except for this year because everything is fun and great in knicks land it's wonderful and i love it but they also like i don't know they did freaky friday with the rangers and the rangers became the knicks and i wasn't prepared for it i wish someone warned me before it happened it caught me a little off guard yeah i i need 
in in summary, I, I need the Leafs to lose and lose early and lose bad. And it would it just make me so happy. <laughs> so Leafs losing round one and Colorado winning the cup. Is that is that what you're saying? You're I, I don't actually think the Leafs are gonna lose round one, but I do think Colorado is going to win the cup. And I the only team I think that could challenge them is Vegas, but I wouldn't count out the wild. Wild are feisty. They're falling. Oh, yes, yes. They have a very, very well-built squad and of course, it brings tears to my eyes to think that Zuccarello is not on the Rangers anymore. Um, just having him on there just makes that squad a million times better because I love Zuccarello and he's my favorite player. And Talbot. Yeah, and Cam Talbot. Don't forget about him. Yep. I think I think the Wild will be a good team for years to come, but I don't know if this is the year that they that they uh, that they win. Listen, if they if they beat the uh, if they beat the Golden Knights and then they beat the Avalanche, they just give them the cup. Then don't even play the rest. Of the <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Honestly, yeah. right? <laughs> they, they, I like that. That needs to be that needs to be a banner somehow. It's just like, yeah, no, we beat we beat the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. And no one should ask them to have to beat two more teams after that. It just seems right. Mean. Just seems mean. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. Well, that about does it for us, Greg. Thanks for coming on. We had a great time, had some great laughs. We'll probably clip something and, and uh, tag you in it on Twitter or something. And uh, we'll let you know when this is out. But again, thanks for coming on. Awesome. Awesome talking, guys. A lot of fun. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysandblue94. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay. No!